Hello there and welcome to another edition of the Hass Help Hotline. My name is Lisa and today I am joined by James. Hi. And we are going to be talking about some stuff for psychology and just a quick kind of discussion about um, attention, which is something that we should all have more of, I guess, and, and whatnot. So my understanding is that attention is basically when we focus on particular stimuli that is yep. kind of bombarding our system would that be the um the correct way of or how would you say what would you think of like how would you define or describe attention yeah that's exactly right like attention is essentially the amount of focus or task oriented focus you can place on a stimulus mm -hmm. so that stimulus could be anything whether it's studying for exams or studying anything at all or even looking at your phone whatever a um, stimulus it is mm -hmm. the attention span is what's t commonly preferred to is how long you are able to focus on that one task um, and not be distracted by others right so when i say distracted by others there is um many models associated to theory of attention but one of them is about how you filter out and filter in what you're paying attention to so you've heard the phrase selective attention yep yeah <clears throat> um part of that model is you most of the time unconsciously uh select your mind will is always okay let's start again your mind is always taking everything around you at one time so when you are focusing on a task, that specific task gets filtered, if you will. Mm -hmm. So everything else gets kind of left out. Whilst your sensory memory is still picking it all up, mm -hmm. everything else gets kind of discarded while you're focusing on this task. <clears throat> when you are, um, the specific task-oriented attention can only be held for a certain period of time, depending on, depending on the individual, and you can actually increase your ability to maintain attention mm -hmm. but that's why you've heard of the proto promoto model for studying where you study for 45 minutes take a 15 minute break yep study for 45 minutes again yep so it's not one of those things where you cram three hours before the exam because <laughs> you're not actually going to remember it but actually taking smaller correct bits and pieces actually helps you remember better yeah so what about this multitasking then <laughs> Um, so in theory, multitasking can happen, mm -hmm. um, except when we refer to multitasking in psychology, it's typically a system one and system two processing. So what I mean by system one processing is anything that's automatic. So anything you don't actually consciously control. So, so like breathing, breathing, looking yeah. around, yeah. taking in stimulus, um, all of that kind of automatic processing that can occur at the same time as system two processing, which you do have control of. Mm -hmm. So you can be typing notes and focusing on whatever you're doing on your laptop, as well as breathing or listening or thinking. Mm -hmm. um, but you can't actually do two system two processes at the same time. You can't be typing on your laptop and washing dishes. Right. So when people say, oh, I listen to music while I'm reading, mm -hmm. that's actually something that can be done. It can be done, but one of them will be attenuated. So what I mean by that is 
while you're reading, you mm. might be really focusing on the words and you might be familiar with the song and the sound that you're hearing, but you can't actually physically listen to all the song lyrics, harmonics, um, everything to do with the song and read the words at the same time. Right. Because if you tried to really concentrate on the song, then the words would just become Correct. a blur. Or you would start reading a sentence over and over and over again because you're not actually reading, you're just looking at words. So when people say, oh, I listen to music because it helps me study. <laughs> well, okay, it's interesting, right? Because you can listen to instrumental music and some people do find that it helps them study. Mm -hmm. But you won't actually be focusing on the music. It will just be something to, you know, fill in the attenuator, I suppose. So your brain's being... 100% active. Right. But then if you listen to lyrics, that can screw things. Correct. Yeah. All right. So we got that down. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to like lay that out there. So when we're talking about attention, then how do we kind of focus our attention then? So what is it that makes us, you know, we have the sight, the sound, the smell, mm -hmm. the touch, everything. So when we want to focus on one particular topic or, you know, one particular sense like having this conversation, there's other things going around. So how do we, how does it happen that we focus on this particular part of our senses to focus on this conversation more than other things going around? It's tricky considering like my life um, and my, many other people's lives, there's almost so much stuff going on. Like mm. we need to be able to focus. And most of the time it's just about practice. Like if you, need to focus on something visually, you would practice and do it over and over and over again. Um, best practice is to make it, hopefully, make it as interesting for you as possible. And if it's not as, as interesting for you as possible, the best supplement for that would be like a reward in place for it. Right. Do 15, 20, 30, whatever the block of time is of study or reading that you have to do, and then reward yourself for doing that. Yeah. Um, so you can't, Unfortunately, your brain will do the best it can, but you can't actually maintain specific task-oriented focus for too long, um, especially if it's not something that you're interested in, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, it does take practice, and if you do actually supplement it with the reward system, it makes it easier. Mm. Um, yeah, the specifically focusing on sight, sound, or like a specific sense, um, that's, yeah, task-oriented. depends yep. on the specific task if you need to watch something or yeah it's kind of an automatic process yeah so what about like this idea that you bottleneck all these things to kind of focus on the one yeah that's broadbent then correct the filter model yeah the attenuation filter model is exactly that so if you think about like i said um you guys might have heard What's the old saying? Like we only use ten percent of our brain. Yeah. For the most part, that's actually true. There's just heaps of neurons and electro um, neurons flying, firing around everywhere. But for the most part, we are consciously only using that, like a small percentage of what we're capable of, because we are actually taking in all this stimulus. Believe it or not, you're actually taking in your peripheral vision. You're hearing aircons going. You're hearing sirens going past. But because you are task orientated, your brain's automatically focusing it. Mm. So. So, so if we're not, so how about like, if you're just, I mean, like, I guess you're always kind of focusing on some sort of task, be it sitting down and 
playing a game on your phone yep. or scrolling for social media or watching television or whatever. But how does, is there any time where like your brain kind of just automatically filters the, like, you know, it, it takes all this information and automatically just filters and then just chooses kind of on its own, which one you're supposed to, and how does that work? Or like, you know, yeah. So you don't task orientated is a simple, like it's just a way of saying that if what you're doing is currently what your brain's attenuating to. Yeah. Um, but that's an automatic process and mm. you, you do it without thinking. Um, like you do play computer games and you kind of get tunnel vision on a computer game. Um, and your brain's kind of always doing that. There's always some kind of task going on, whether you're conscious of it or not. Mm. Is that, does that answer your question? Yeah, I got a little bit of, lost yeah, there. Yeah. Oh, I'm just thinking like, so like, let's say there's, or I'm just, okay. So I'm just thinking like you're at a party. Mm. And you're not actually talking to somebody, or you might even be talking to somebody, but then all of a sudden your brain like picks up conversation from over there yeah. and then over, you know, or you hear something from over there. So is that obviously not you consciously doing that? So how does that work where like the brain kind of just picks out things or is that just, you know, just happens? No. It just happens. Well, if you hear your name or you mm. hear a familiar voice, mm. um, that's because that has meaning to you right so if someone was to keep like be over there in a library saying something that has no meaning to you whatsoever that would be much easier to filter out obviously unconsciously or subconsciously mm. um then if someone was having a conversation and you heard your name right especially if you're studying and you're reading and then you heard your name you would automatically devote your attention to that right because it seems your brain goes that seems like pertinent information i should be focusing over there and then it comes back to whatever you were doing previously. Yep. So even if you don't realize it, just things that your brain automatically kind of senses, oh, that sounds like it should be important. Yeah. So it'll automatically yes. go there. So. But then you have things like um, individuals with ADHD who mm -hmm. struggle with that. Right. Um, the attenuation is still similar. It's still an unconscious process, but you would think, the divided attention and the flickering from one task to another mm -hmm. that perhaps is um, more frequent in people with ADHD than people with not. Mm -hmm. And so what sort of strategies can we use to try to create <clears throat> better attention? Or are there strategies Absolutely. that can be used to create better attention? So what sort of strategies can we use then? Well, in specifically for studying or reading or any kind of information that you need to retain, the best way to do it is to like I said before, the Promoto um, studying technique is the 45-minute reading and then take a break. Um, if you can kind of supplement that reading with the reward system as well, mm -hmm. that will... So, like, study for 45 minutes yeah. and then watch a television show yeah. or... It sounds kind of productive, but it's actually not. Right. <clears throat> so and... it doesn't... So that kind of thing doesn't actually harm quote air quote <laughs> harm the study process or anything like that no um because ultimately a part of that 45 minute take a break 15 45 minute take a break 15 is at some point you test yourself on what you've learned mm -hmm. <clears throat> if you don't recall everything 100 that's fine you just go back over it but majority of the time because you've allowed yourself to have that break for your brain to actually unconsciously absorb everything that's actually previously just read 
are more likely than not you will retain more by studying for less periods of time but more often right there you go (laughs) (laughs) sorry i just have to like bring that up again um because you know we do say to the kids um i'm not necessarily going to give you homework but you should go over what we've done Mm. at school i mean so for uh, year sevens, for example, I don't necessarily say take your notes home and read them and whatnot, but I'll say to them at the dinner table, just tell a story to your parents about what you learned in class today. Is yeah. that is that also useful and helpful? Yeah, any form of testing what you've learned or giving it elaborative meaning. Like you may not remember something that you learned in class um, during the day, mm-hmm. but you might it might snap to your head and you might say it to your parents and then you won't you'll be able to recall that easier because you've actually given it personal meaning to yourself. It's not just something that um, Miss Yang has said in class. Right. And so that's another thing to try to give meaning to things can help. And now I know we're going more into memory than (laughs) than attention, but, you know, it kind of does go hand in hand. hand. So making things meaningful is obviously going to be helpful in remembering things more. Yeah, and it does go hand in hand um, with memory because your attention is diverted by things that you spoke about before, hearing your name Mm. or hearing, uh, you know, there might be some kind of drama happening at school, heaven forbid, and something gets triggered by a a conversation over there and you hear something about it, but it's because you remember hearing something about it that you then get triggered to actually pay attention to that. Right. So yes, they go hand in hand because then you like the sensory memory is a big part of attention. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I said before, your brain is taking in the entire world and it's filtering it out. Um, hopefully, as to what you're paying attention to, but the sensory memory is like not just it's all your senses. Right. Yeah. So, kind of going into something else that you know i'm this is going to be like well i haven't talked that we're going to talk about this so you know if you can but um just to throw you under the bus or whatever when we're talking about attention does states of consciousness affect attention like so you know altered state versus you know does is consciousness and attention kind of varied or is your attention kind of always the same if that makes sense. I don't think it'll be possible for your attention to always be the same, especially if you're in altered states of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, things like meditation or mindfulness are designed to give your mind a break mm-hmm. um, and for you to tune into your body. So at that point, you would be trying to reduce the amount of attention that you spend on things outside of yourself. Yeah, and um, I would assume in a coma, obviously... Good point. <laughs> your attention yeah. spans or your attention is not um, as good as it would be otherwise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, I was just kind of thinking, because we're looking at states of consciousness mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing, that um, to get good attention, obviously your state of consciousness needs to be higher. As alert as possible. Yeah. Yep. So, and... Um, what is attention span exactly then? <laughs> so, <clears throat> attention span is essentially, it, sounds, it is what it sounds like. Um, it's how long you can actually focus on a task-oriented stimulus for X amount of time. Right. And with practice, that would increase um, with inherent meaning. So, if you 
love playing video games, you could probably play video games for three, four hours straight. Mm. But you don't like reading, so reading 10 minutes, 15 minutes tops. Um, that's pretty much the attention span. And so you can, so from what I gather from what you were saying before, you can actually train your brain yes. to have a greater attention span yes. as you go along. So just thinking, I'm now I'm thinking, and this is again something. So when you're practicing a new sport, so for example, yes. like you're learning how to kick a ball. Yep. So when you first do it, you're not very good and your attention span might not be very good. But then as you get better at it, so does muscle memory and attention kind of go together as well? Or is that completely different kind of things? Or are they kind of, is the muscle memory kind of like subconscious? Yeah, you would think that when your muscle memory kicks in, like something, as you hear, say, becomes second nature, mm -hmm. um, you would be spending less attention on it because you don't need to. Right. Typically, your attention span is associated to things that involve processing okay. memory. Um, yep. So, yes, your cognitive memory and your actual short-term, long-term memory mm -hmm. or working memory. Um, <clears throat> so, depending on the performance required, so... That's the interesting thing about attention, especially if you think about exams, mm -hmm. which is relevant in this yeah, um, yeah. context. If you think about exams, there's a high level of performance required. So inherently, there's always this kind of um, increased attention. Mm -hmm. um, not necessarily increased attention span, but there's an increased alertness, consciousness. Right. You feel like going into an exam, you'll be probably at your top consciousness, state of consciousness as possible. Um, same as performing in sports, if you're in a state level or whatever level... Um, sport you're into if you're at the highest level of that and you require a high level of performance your attention will be devoted to that as right. well so yeah but then other bits of it like the the more mundane parts of that would still no longer be attention that would just be more muscle memory correct yeah. right got it all right well that was i i found you had my attention. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. For all of that. So thank you very much, James. I hope I can convince you to join me again. So hmm. this was just a little uh, snippet of hopefully what we might be able to do for you guys in psychology in year 12. I hope you enjoyed our little talk on attention. I hope it kept your attention. And until the next time, have a lovely day, evening, morning, whatever you're listening to this in. All right. Bye. No. Oops. Stop. <laughs> <laughs>